Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. Good chef. Nope. What's better than this? Guys being dudes. The Athletic presents Hogan Johns. Why the f do I watch this game? One of the local writers, Adam Hoagie or Hog, excuse me, I don't know how to pronounce the last name. From CHGO, it's Adam Hogue. Hey, George. Hi, Adam. Um, and from The Athletic, it's Adam Johns. Adam Johns, go ahead. Hey, Matt, how, how you doing? Um, Coach Dicker versus the Hurricane, who would win? Dicker, Dicker. Dicker. Hold on, hold on, hold on. The name of the hurricane is Hurricane Dicker. Here they are, Hogan Johns. What's up? Welcome in the season moving into mid-December and a playoff push, perhaps. Bears got to get this one, though. Adam Hogue, Adam Johns with you here. It is our Bears-Browns preview. Bears head to Cleveland. Where all good things happen in Cleveland. If you're Jay Cutler, they do. You play well enough against an awful team, and you'll get rewarded with a, a massive contract extension after the season. That was a late December game. It was, was a similar. It was a little snowy, I want to say. More than not a like, little, I, I believe. Yeah, not like a full snow game where there was some snow coming down. Um, to get way off track, I remember about the thing I remember about that trip was sitting in the hotel the night before with our old friend Michael C. Wright just telling unbelievable stories. <laughs> I was gonna mention the same. Yeah. Great, great times on the beat. Um and then I, I remember the, the next day. It's kind of funny what you remember about the, this job, right? So that was an awesome night. Great storyteller, Michael is, was, is. Yeah. I miss him. Probably still is. Just having, yes. uh, other than some texts here and there, uh, you know, I haven't talked to him in a long time. It's been a while, yeah. Um, but he I still sat, does a great. He covers the NBA now. Does a great job. Yes, he does. Um, I sat next to um, a member of the Department of Homeland Security, um, mm. or at least a representative, and he had like this giant, um, like suitcase, and he was explaining to me how it's like sensors for like radiation and other harmful things in the building. Wow. I'm like, wow, like th this is, this is great. I, I guess I'll be the first one to know. He's like, yeah, there's a couple snipers up here just so you know, oh, like yeah. everything's protected. I'm like, wow. Did, did like an alarm go off in the bag when Kevin Fishman walked by? No, I should have. I don't know. You gotta, be you gotta be careful with that guy. Yes. Yeah. Very, very careful. But yeah, the memories of a Browns game. I think what Jason Campbell was their starting quarterback at that time. Yeah. Uh, oh, man. It was. Yeah, I think it was. So post him getting his ass kicked in San Francisco at the Bears. Uh-huh. Right? It would have been like the following year. I think. So this is yeah. 2013. Bears, yeah, it would have been the year right? after that happened because that happened in 2012 when Jamarcus Webb was a turnstile. A candlestick park. Oh, there's a lot of games like that. Um, 38-31 yeah. win for the Bears. 
Um, Jason Campbell. It was 23 for 39, 273, one touchdown, two interceptions. Well, let's hope that this could this be a similar situation where uh, a quarterback balls out in Cleveland and gets a contract extension. Better Cleveland team? I don't know. Or will it be like the last time the quarterback went there and got his ass beat in by every single Cleveland Brown out there <laughs> as Matt Nagy called hitch after hitch after hitch after hitch. <laughs> that was... Uh, I'll give... I do appreciate Justin Fields laughing at it a little bit. When yeah. he was asked about what he remembers from that game, and he goes, well, and the sacks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's good. Good for him. Yeah, I mean, a few years later, you gotta you gotta be able to laugh about it a little bit, I guess. Um, what's forgotten about that is like everyone thinks about that game as like the worst debut possible, right? Like he was like what he had like negative two passing yards, <laughs> net yeah. yards or something like that. But then the Bears won their next two games after that with him as their starter. That's true. I I remember. I think it was at halftime. Was it? I think it was just a tweet, or maybe he did a full video. But Dan Orlovsky fired Matt Nagy at halftime of that game. That was a fireable offense of a game, wasn't it? Well, it probably was the, you know, the start of him getting fired. Was that game? I mean, when you look back on it, and the reason why they they made the change, I mean, that had that that was a glaring, uh, just a horrible day, just just bad all around. And the thing that really sucked about it was I remember the excitement. Going into the game, I mean, this was the new, you know, rookie quarterback drafted in the first round, getting his first start, and it just was, it was over so fast. It, it, it couldn't have been a worse situation for him. Yeah, I, I remember feeling well, kind of anxious to cover it because he was the <laughs> play my soundbite. Training camp was a, wor- a waste of time. Yeah, you got it. What a waste of time training camp was, guys. There it is. There's a swear word. Um, There's a swear word. But in all seriousness, that was your third string quarterback starting in that game against a very good defensive line. Like the Browns were good. And it was an awful situation to put your young rookie quarterback in. But the pressure was on. The desperation had set in for the franchise. For a coach. Well, yeah. And then, you know, Dalton was hurt and... Um, but wasn't Nick? Wasn't that the game where Nick Foles was on the sideline saying the offense isn't working? Oh, well, there's probably a few instances. You, you're talking about the time he got caught on camera. Yeah, that to he was still around, but that would have been your other option, right? To play him, I think. probably your better option yeah. in, in, in um, such a game. Just to not put the starter in that or the uh, rookie in that type of situation. Anyway, let's hope it goes a lot better this time around. There are reasons to believe it will. Um, however, there was uh, uh, some bad news yesterday uh, that Matt Eberflus had to announce uh, to the media when he got up there for his Wednesday press conference, and that is that Yannick Ngakwe is out for the rest of the season with a broken ankle. Um, I was a little surprised by this one. I mean, I knew he got hurt. I didn't realize how bad it like. The I hadn't gotten that far in the tape looking at the defensive tape because I watched the offensive tape first this week. I didn't like once you saw the play that looked really bad. But I was talking to Jason McKee yesterday and he was like, 
Yannick walked off the he walked to the locker room on his own. So like which thinking about it now that he was walking on a broken ankle is like, damn, good for him. That's 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 crazy. Um, but yeah, unfortunately it's broken and the Bears lose their um probably still second best best pass rusher, and it is a significant loss in my opinion. He had a sack in that game. And I thought he was he was getting better. I mean, yeah, if you look at the contract and what you expected out of him, I'm not sure if you're the Bears, you were getting exactly what you wanted, but he was starting to play better with the acquisition of Montez Sweat. Like He was better as Robin to, well, Sweat's Batman, if you want to put yeah. it that way. The, the production was there. One of my favorite plays from Nagakwe against the Lions is that fourth down stop by Sanborn. If you watch that, like there's an overhead shot where Nagakwe comes like flying over the pile, like jumps on the pile to help make the stop. No, I think he kind of missed it, but I love the energy. I love the aggression. I, I just love the passion in that key moment in that game. And he was bringing I hated it. that play. Why? I yelled at the television on that play because that's a penalty. Don't jump on the pile. <laughs> I thought for sure they were going to call a penalty on him. Oh, no, I love you. It. Can't do that. I loved it. I loved it. Um, you know, these refs miss things and let things go. Look at Justin Fields. Yeah. <laughs> you can hit him anytime you want. So that was his fourth sack of the season. And he came into this year. And part of the reason, big reason why the Bears signed him was because he had had a minimum of eight in every one of his NFL seasons. I was wondering, you know, with four games to go, it seemed unlikely that he would get to eight. But it wasn't off the table. Because of how this entire pass rush, including him, was getting better. I thought that there maybe could be a run late in the year. Because I'm sure that would have been a personal goal of his, too, to get to eight again. Because wasn't he like one of five players in the history of the NFL to do that? And, mm -hmm. you know, the, this this point in his career every year. Like, So I thought there was a chance he could get there. Um, he was playing better. The whole thing was playing better. And now you got to adjust. I'm not saying it's going to fall off the table, but... It wouldn't surprise me, especially if this week it sort of stalls out this progress the Bears have been on up front. Well, especially, you know, for him looking at a quarterback like Joe Flacco, who happens to be more statue than mobile. <laughs> I mean, all it takes is one game where you get like two, two and a half, and those numbers automatically increase, right? Well, didn't we have a podcast earlier this season? We're talking about a five sack game for Cleo Mack. Yes. Yes. These sacks can Was come in six? bunches. Six, six. You got six in that game. Uh, a big yeah. number. A big mm -hmm. number. So sometimes, like takeaways, they come in bunches. But uh, yes, the other he was part of the improving pass rush. Yeah. Um, the other significant injury, well, I mean, not as significant, but certainly something we'll be watching in the next few days is that DJ Moore did not practice yesterday with that ankle injury that he suffered uh, early in the third quarter on that tackle by. Uh, Jack Campbell on the sideline that I thought was a little Gator rollish. I, I didn't exactly love it. I thought he gave himself an extra little rollover while still holding on to DJ's ankle, which and and he was out of bounds. So um, I'm not saying it was the dirtiest play of all time. It may not even been on purpose, but I thought it was a little dirty, and it gave it resulted in an ankle injury for DJ. Now he fought through it in that game. I thought if you watch the tape, Johns, he was. Definitely not his full self. The rest of that game, you could see a few plays that I'm not saying he, I'm not going to accuse DJ Moore ever of taking plays off because that's not him. But 
he sort of was just because of you could tell he was hurt. Um, and so I think he was just had to pick his spots in certain places to, um, you know, ru- go full go and get open, which to his credit, he did. And he finished that game strong and, of course, caught that fourth and 13 uh, touchdown and looked perfectly fine on that play. So not terribly concerned about his availability for Sunday. Um, you can get a lot of treatment throughout the week and it doesn't look like a huge ankle injury, but I do wonder, okay, does he get out there and is he, you know, full 100% DJ more throughout the game? All it takes is one tackle to aggravate it too, right? Yeah. One bad cut, yeah. one bad slip up. This is a grass field. Um, All I could do is go off what I've, what I've seen. And in my experience, it's usually a good sign when injured players are at practice like around their position groups. And he was out there on Wednesday, all smiles. He's always all smiles. Um, But there he was goofing around with his teammates as active as he could be in that situation. So I think that's a good sign. Yeah. I'm not, again, not terribly worried about it, but um, definitely is worth monitoring. Uh, What else? I feel like there's one. Oh, EQ still not practicing with that pack. Oh, and Jaquan Brisker was limited yesterday with a groin. So I guess if you have 17 tackles in a game, you're allowed to be limited in practice on Wednesday. Yeah. That's fine. You know him, yeah. too. He gets banged up a bit, but he, he tries to play. He's, yes. And it's, it's very impressive. Um, good player, and hopefully he can keep that going. Before we shift to talking about the Browns, you had a, a sit-down with Kevin Warren. I did. I did. What would you like to uh, tell us about in that piece? And people should definitely read it on the athletic at the athletic, the athletic.com slash Hogan Johns. But what'd you learn? It's just how much, how like how much he's got the big picture in mind. Like every question, every conversation that we had in that 30 minutes always goes back to, I want you to get a dream big. I want the bears employees to be proud of where they work. I want people to be, proud of this team and I know it's a lot of executive speak but it wouldn't have the same it wouldn't carry the same weight if I was hearing it from Ted Phillips is that a great way to put it well yeah I mean part of that is yeah just results and Kevin Warren's definitely in the honeymoon phase without a doubt um, so yeah no I, I feel you on that a job since April yeah, exactly. I, I thought it was unique that he, he hosted the dinner before the Bears Monday night game at his old house in, uh, in Minnesota, right? So he's got old business partners, new business partners, old employees, new employees. They're all there. 70 people at his house. Must be a big house. And he's a big wine guy. So, you know, he's sharing, you know, you know from his private collection and whatnot. And I just don't understand why Greg Braggs wasn't invited to that. That was a different special dinner. <laughs> well, I just I don't know. I thought he was on the inn, but apparently he didn't get the, he didn't. No, get the no, you're not. He's not on the inn. But, yeah, okay. but I'm I'm sure Braggs had the same thought on this. Is is Kevin Warren wanted everyone, everyone with the Bears, to know that he's for real? Like you, you read a lot about him, you hear a lot about him. Like he wants to do this, help him do this. New stadium, successful winning football team. An organization where you could tell your family. I thought this was kind of notable. He wants you to be able to tell your family that you work for the Chicago Bears and be proud of it. 
Like that felt like, like, wow. <laughs> like, has he like picked up on like public per- perception more than, than others have in the past at Hell Saw? Like that felt notable to me. That actually is notable. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I feel like there's this, um, sort of been this long standing, whatever. We're still the Chicago Bears. Like, yeah, we're still yeah. the, and I get it. Like, roll your yeah. eyes at the story if you want. And, and I get it. Let the pessimism reign. Let the cynicism reign. I, I get it. It's Chicago. The Bears have to win more football games. That's the business. And I think Kevin Warren gets it too. But there's been five presidents, right? Two houses and McCaskey, Ted Phillips, and now Kevin Warren. And Kevin, yeah. So, so let me ask you this. Um, sort of asking you to throw in your own intuition, maybe, after just spending some time with him. Mm-hmm. Maybe I'm wrong about this, but I've just I've just sort of felt like because Kevin Warren dreams so big all the time and he's not afraid to talk about it. And most of that, when he first got hired, was like driven into the context of whatever the stadium would be. Do you get the sense that significant change is still on the way? No. And I don't mean I don't I don't mean I actually let me clarify. I'm not necessarily even talking about front office head coach. Just in general. Like are we going to see a different looking organization even if it's just little stuff like them changing the primary logo. You know, stuff like that. Like do you do you sense that once the season's over we might see some some big movement or just more uh, peripheral cosmetic, maybe even changes around this organization. Yeah, yeah, no, yes, I would say, but I don't know if it comes like. I, I think it's just the, the world we live in now. Everyone wants things so instantaneous, right? Like maybe in two years, that comes. You know, like this whole tax thing with Arlington has thrown a wrinkle in the Bears' like hopes and dreams. You know, for that stadium in Arlington Park. Um, so it may take like a year. To either get through that in Arlington or find a better site within the city itself. You know, things things happen. But to answer your question, yes, but I'm not sure how instantaneous that will be. Um, I mean, there'll be different things. You know, there'll be, I'm sure there'll be personnel changes, not only like on the football side. I, I don't think it's going to be like, I do think, I'm saying this again, December 14th, 9.06 a.m., I like calling out the clock sometimes. Like I do yeah. think polls and Eberflus will come back, but I do think there'll be other changes made. Let's just say maybe on the business side of things, that side of, of the franchise may be more recent than or around the more more around the corner than than other big moves. Got it. Did I answer you your say, question? Yeah, yeah. No, no, it did. Um, but while you were talking to Kevin Warren, did Jim Harbaugh call his cell phone? <laughs> he definitely did not. Okay. Just about right. It's got a nice office. No. <laughs> oh, I would hope. And they all have nice offices now. They redid the whole thing, and he better have a nice office. Overlooks the practice field. It's good. It's good. All right. Um, we should talk about the Browns. Bears opponent this week, Zach Jackson. Covers the Browns for the Athletic. Let's get into it. 
Zach, these teams don't play each other a lot. A lot has changed since the last time the Bears went into Cleveland in, um, what is it? I don't know how much they talk about it in Cleveland, but here in Chicago, they talk about that game. We talk about that game all the time because of the situation they put Justin Fields in in his first NFL start. Um, How have the Browns changed since then? They seem like a pretty decent football team, just they don't really have a quarterback. Yeah, um, it's it's been a mess, but they've steadied it, you know, and that's good players. Um, it's a whale of a job by the head coach, um, and that goes back to the offseason where he picked the right defensive coordinator and the right special teams coordinator. Um, you know, I don't think anybody was ever going anywhere, you know, and, and for a Browns regime to make it four years, that's like 44 by NFL standards, <laughs> but they needed to win. You know, they needed to have a good year to validate it. And it still hasn't been totally validated because I think the Deshaun Watson trade is going to end up being the worst in NFL history. But this is a really good defense, and you could make a case the best defense. And when I think about that game, I think about, you know, not only all the sacks that Miles Garrett had, but the one at the end where Fields is running away and he closes on him. And it's just that superhuman ability. Miles is playing hurt now, but he's been that for most of the year. Uh, they think Denzel Ward to get back. He has a case as the best corner in the league. And, you know, they're the first team in eight years to win with four different starting quarterbacks. That's been the headline. They also lost their all-world running back, Nick Chubb, way back in September. But they're finding a way. And so you combine defense with, you know, smart, timely, efficient, whatever you want to choose, play overall. And then now that Joe Flacco has come off the couch, they can throw it down the field a little bit. And it's opened things up. And it's a good team. And, you know, there's no great team in the AFC. The Browns are certainly flawed. They're certainly flawed enough to lose this game on Sunday. But they've been excellent at home. They have two home games left. And if they win them both, they get in. And, um, you know, just everything that I've seen, I think they're going to do it. Um, But I don't know what twists and turns are left because there's been a million of them. So before we talk about Flacco, and I want to talk about Flacco for a bit because, like you said, he was just on the couch. But you just said that the the that Watson trade, that the Sean Watson trade, might go down as like one of the worst moves ever. I, I forget exactly what you said, but but what? But why? I guess maybe take us through okay. what's well, not working and why don't you think it'll work? Well, he's he's not great. Um, there's been moments of good. And you see the ability, but there's not been great. It's been wildly inconsistent. Uh, their cap, every move they make is around paying him. They owe him 200 fully guaranteed, 200 million fully guaranteed still, guys. And that's before, you know, they decide how they're going to, if they're going to push it further down the road. He has a major shoulder injury. Um, they gave up three first round picks and six picks total. And so they've, they've really done a good job of fixing this defense with a lot of short-term fixes and a lot of guys who are in the prime or older guys who are playing. But, um, you know, going forward, I'm not sure they're an AFC contender. They have one more year and not having a first-round pick. They don't know who their quarterback's going to be for the offseason. They don't know who their quarterback's going to be for opening day next year. So, uh, like I said, credit to all involved, specifically the defensive players I named, the head coach, and and to Joe Flacco. But, um, you know, Watson has played 12 games here in two years. He sabotaged the whole season with the suspension saga. And of those 12 games, he's played three of them good. And in those three, he hasn't played four good quarters. He's played two or three good quarters. Um, so, you know, it, I, I could I could keep going 
I won't, but there's been a lot of, well, he doesn't play off a layoff. He doesn't play in the cold. He doesn't play this. Like at some point he just really isn't that good. And now he has a major injury and we're not sure if he's any good. And what, and what does it say that Joe Flacco comes in there and, you know, I don't know how long this will last or, you know, how much he really has left, but all of a sudden for a couple of weeks, it, it looks, looks pretty decent. It, it does. And let's, let's, clearly not put that all on Watson because they've had to play two other guys also, right? And those two guys, P.J. Walker, who you guys know, who got cut by the Bears despite having guaranteed money, and Dorian Thompson-Robinson, a fifth-round rookie, when those guys got in practice the week that they were of their starts, they had never thrown to the first receivers, right? So, like, um, it's it's not all on Watson. It's, it's a lot more on, on just kind of how it has gone. But what Joe Flacco has done more than anything, he's opened up that vertical pass. And, you know, and I'm not talking about all 20 yarders. Um, Sometimes it's just eight or 12, but he comes to the line. He knows what he's seeing. And when he gets single on the outside to Elijah Moore or Amari Cooper, they can complete that. And not only does that open up other things, but it gives them the chance to just keep the chains moving. You know, when they were playing the backups, um, it was so much about success rate and sustained drives because they had to fight and scratch and claw to convert. And if they were going to score, it was going to be 10 plays, 12 plays, 80 yards. And you can do that, and, and, and good teams do that, right? But you don't really do that three times a game, not even good teams. So, um, you know, Flacco just being able to fling it, being able to recognize what's going on. The Jags caught him in the right blitz last week. They forced a fumble. They went and scored. But the Browns' defense – even though they end up giving up 27 points, if you look closer at that game last week, they were excellent. Um, you know, David Bell, who arguably the last player on the roster, catches a fourth down touchdown pass from Joe Flacco. Like, they've just they found a way, and in Flacco's presence, his fit, the head coach and the play caller, it's fit Amari Cooper, who's still a really good player. And it's really just energized the whole locker room because the defense doesn't feel like they have to hold a team to 10 points to win. They can, uh, and, and they got some injuries. We'll see, we'll see, you know, when that catches up with them, but they don't have to win every game 13 to 10. How are the Browns defensively against mobile quarterbacks? I, I think it's just going to be different than it was a, a couple of years ago where Matt Nagy tried to beat the Browns with a quick passing game and Justin Fields first start spreading things out. But this is going to be different. Like the Bears are going to try to run the ball. And part of that is is Justin Fields. Like, how do they hang with them? Like, how, how do they c- combat what quarterbacks could do on the ground? You, you could make the case that that's their biggest weakness. Um, now, a lot of it is Russell Wilson and Geno Smith, who aren't necessarily going to take off like Justin Fields, but they were really good at moving the pocket, maybe moving guys with their eyes and, you know, little misdirection plays um, turning into big plays. So, you know, Jim Schwartz is with the Browns. It's an attack style defense. They're going to come upfield first, second and third, and they're going to live with the consequences. Right. So that that's probably why they've gotten hurt. Um more than anything else. So, you know, do some of the things the Bears do and the times I've seen them, does that give them a chance against this defense? Yes. You're also, you know, going to expose your quarterback um, when you do that. They are going to attack and they will take the ball away um, if, if you get anxious. But they, they have been hurt, um, certainly by mobile QBs. <laughs> they turned Gardner Minshew into Michael Vick for half a game in Indy, and they got down big. Now they came back and won because Miles turned into a superhuman, and P.J. Walker somehow led uh, an 80-yard touchdown drive. But 
yeah, quarterbacks moving the pocket has hurt them all year. They play a lot of man. That's their preference, you know, and, and so obviously running quarterbacks take advantage there. And like I said, everything they do is up the field. So it's really been like simple counters, jet sweeps, um, you know, simple play action fakes into design bootlegs that have hurt them. But they obviously they haven't faced anyone like fields. There's really arguably no one like fields right now, at least certainly not on their schedule. So I'm interested to see how that goes. How about with the injuries? You know, just looking at the injury report, there's a lot of names, although a lot of them have, you know, some type of injury slash rest. Um, and then a couple big names, I think, went out yesterday um, for the rest of the season. Can you sort through for us what matters here and and especially what matters for who might not be on the field Sunday? Yeah, yeah. No, I'm glad you said it like that because, like, Miles, Cooper, Batonio, they never practice on Wednesday. David Njoku. Um, now they lost Grant Delpit for the rest of the season. He had been playing at a really high level and as a safety who wasn't just a strong safety, a guy who could guard tight ends, but could blitz, could play deep when they needed him. Uh, and they lost Obo Akwaronkwo, who was their second most disruptive pass rusher. Um, you know, and a lot of what he did was they just were getting their exact design, right? They were stopping you on first down. Um, they were getting you in, in second and third and must-pass situations, and he was coming in playing the edge, and Zadarius Smith was moving inside. They also lost Maurice Hurst, who wasn't a starter, but was a really good, again, pass-down player, 25 snaps a game, super experienced guy, and a good player. So there are some real holes in this defense. Now, would a lot of teams still like Zadarius Smith and Miles Garrett as their top two pass rushers? Absolutely. That's still a pretty scary proposition. But Miles is playing injured. Um, Zedarius is 31 years old and he's been solid. He has not been, you know, the Zedarius we saw seven, eight years ago, which, you know, obviously that's easy, but the drop off is really, really steep. Um, they've got young guys who either haven't played at all, who are, have played very little, who are now coming into this rotation. So, um, a key guy is, is Jeremiah Wusukormoa, the third year linebacker, who's as fast as anybody. Um, he will be really key against fields and probably more important now with Delpit out, but they might be down guys, both starting safeties and three of their eight defensive linemen. So, um, and, and again, miles to me is just, he's still good. And in the fourth quarter last week, he made some plays, but it's been a month since we've seen him just dominate games. And as good as Deshaun was back in Baltimore, they won, um, just as much because Miles took that game over. So, yeah, this is not on personnel, on manpower, the defense that it was. It's still good, and it's been excellent at home. They're not even giving up 13 points a game uh, all year at home. But, um, yeah, this is certainly a, a dented defense at least and maybe a really depleted one. So given everything you're saying, and to, to kind of put you on the spot, Zach, like how, how do you see this one kind of playing out on, on Sunday? You know, I, I still think the Browns are the better team. Um, I, I, I just think that, that Flacco gives them enough offense and enough presence to where they can navigate some some rough spots. They have been a little turnover prone, uh, but they've they've taken the ball away. I do expect Denzel Ward to be back, which is a huge boost to the defense given all the losses. But, you know, for the Bears to win, um, as cliche as it is, they have to win the turnover battle. They have to get to Flacco. And it's been kind of ugly, right? Like Flacco didn't even know these guys' names two weeks ago. Um, sometimes his dropbacks take 10 minutes to complete, and he's been a little sloppy with the ball. But about every third pass, you're like, holy shit. We've, it, like in Cleveland, we have never seen that. Like 20 yards down the field on the dot. And it's made Elijah Moore look like an NFL receiver again. 
It's given David Njoku, who has been up and down, but a super talented tight end. Um, it's given him a second life. And Amari Cooper, who's in year 10 and has played through injury and has played through all this bad quarterback play, I mean, he's still good, right? He's not one of these top, top guys, but Amari Cooper is really good and it's given him, it's given him new life. So I just think the Browns will find a way to score like 20 and, and win a close um, kind of ugly, choppy game. I, 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 I respect Fields enough and the Bears defense that I'm not saying it's a, it's a lock. And I, and I do think the Browns' defensive injuries are a major, major concern. It will show up over the course of four quarters if it is kind of the back-and-forth game we expect. But I think the Browns are a little bit better, and I just think that they are locked in on the fact that if they win their last two home games, they're going to the playoffs. Yeah, makes sense. Zach, great stuff. We really appreciate you taking some time this morning to jump on with us. All right, guys. See you Sunday. Thanks, All Zach. Right. There you go, Zach Jackson. You follow him on Twitter at Akron Jackson with some really good stuff on the Browns. A tough team to figure out right now, quite frankly. Yeah, I, I don't know how bad their injury situation was. Um, hey, there's a long list of players like on their actual injury report, but to hear Zach go through it, it's kind of making me think a little bit differently about the outcome of this game, Adam. Yeah, it's tough. It's tough. We got picks coming up. We also get to got to get to our three big questions as you've probably heard by now we've teamed up with betmgm this season we'll be using betmgm lines to make all of our picks and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week if you haven't signed up for betmgm yet use bonus code the athletic and you'll get a one-year subscription to the athletic plus up to a fifteen hundred dollar first bet offer on your first wager with betmgm here's how it works Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, Quick strategic thinking is crucial, and with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown, and through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. 
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. All right, Adam, three big questions. Number one, how much should the Bears still regret passing on Deshaun Watson in the 2017 NFL draft? 0.00000. I like that answer. Now, zeros, though. This is a little. This thing took a wild turn that no one saw coming, obviously. And he was he was a pretty damn good quarterback. Um, you know, before the craziness began, but whatever, it's still the story. Like it, it, looking back on it now, I mean, our guest that we just had on said this is going to be the worst trade in NFL history. And I agree someone who covers the Browns on a daily basis. I mean, I, 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 I still look back at that pursuit of Deshaun Watson by the teams that were involved which included Atlanta, which included New Orleans, right? And I feel like there's one other team in there. Miami, right? Wasn't that more the Dolphins? Wasn't there a lot of talk about Deshaun wanted to go back to Miami? Um, Why? Like, wh- 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 I just, I, 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 this is, this is why when people ask me, can the Bears get a first round pick for Justin Fields? I don't rule it out. You you just have these wild markets sometimes for these quarterbacks that in this case had amazing off the field problems. You knew he was suspended, but on top of that, that I think people kept forgetting he hadn't played in like a year and a half and he wasn't even playing that great right before he, you know, stopped playing. So there was no guarantee that when the time, when it was all over that Deshaun Watson was going to be the same guy that was once really good for the Houston Texans. So anyway, that that has more to do probably with the with the trade the Browns made than the question you asked actually asked me, but no, I mean there there's obviously there's just should be no regret whatsoever about passing on Deshaun Watson. When you trade three first round picks, you better be damn right. Like he better be a top five superstar quarterback that brings you to the Super Bowl. Yeah, that doesn't look like the case. Maybe he'll have one more good year. Maybe it's not next year. Maybe it's two years from now when his shoulders feeling good. But I don't think he's ever going to reach where the Browns hope he'd he'd take them. Now, someone I guess could come in here and make an argument. Maybe they are listening to this podcast that the Bears could have gotten three first round picks for Deshaun Watson had they still drafted him instead of just letting Mitch go for nothing. Okay. Maybe 0.1%. Yeah. I would say just uh, turn the page. Yeah. Turn the page. We can turn to the next question. Number two. Will Luke Getze have a better plan for the Browns and quarterback Justin Fields than Matt Nagy did a couple years ago? Well, if he doesn't, that sort of cliched uh, joking response you hear from people which is just just leave them in Cleveland or make them take the bus home 
that, that might actually apply in this situation. Because how could you how could it possibly be worse than what happened two years ago? The plan better be better. Um, especially when you when you just heard, and I'm going to get into this when we make our predictions. But what Zach just said about the weaknesses of that Browns defense. So, yes, uh, I'm going to give Luke Getz, Getzi a little credit here and say it will be a better plan. I think the Bears are better. Well, yes. The defense, yeah. now now that defense back then still, still wasn't far removed from a lot of success. But I think the way Iberflus' defense is trending upward, I would take Flus' defense over what the Bears had back then. In I would take this offensive yeah. line. I would take this offensive line. I would take the run game. I would take DJ Moore and Cole Clement. I think this is a better Bears team. I know that all the wins aren't there, but Matt Nagy, Matt Nagy, Luke Getze should be better than Matt Nagy in this matchup. What else? Go ahead. I'm listening. Number three, who are the Bears Pro Bowl players, Adam Hoke? And why aren't the fans voting for them? Are they not voting? Is that a problem? Give me your list of Pro Bowl caliber players right now for the Bears, and I'll give you the voting, current voting right now. All right. Go ahead. So the, Yeah, so the caveat here is I have not taken the time to go through each position and say who deserves to be there over who. Here are the players that I believe have a case. Okay. Okay, and a lot of this is off the top of my head. Uh, Cole Komet, to me, has been a Pro Bowler this year. I think TJ Edwards has a case. Um, Jalen Johnson, I think, has more than a case and should be in there. Didn't PFF have him as their number one rated corner yesterday for the entire season? He's damn good. Make that money. His numbers, his advanced numbers are outrageously good. Forget yeah. damn good. He is he is the best cornerback in the NFL right now. DJ Moore? Mm-hmm. There's some numbers depending on how you, I mean, granted, you can pick and choose numbers here and there, but there's numbers up there that are like him and Tyreek Hill. I think it's, what is it? The most air reception yards. And then also yak. He's got a lot of yak. If you just combine those two numbers, which are essentially explosive plays, the plays that matter. It's Tyreek Hill, one DJ Moore, two. That's pretty... That's pretty impressive. So I think DJ Moore has a case. Um, trying to think on the interior. I mean, I Tevin Jenkins. I love how Tevin's been playing. I don't know if that's going to get him a Pro Bowl nod. I think he's got a case, though. I think he's got a case. Uh, Montez Sweat. There you go. Montez Sweat should be a Pro Bowler. All right. Yeah. So, so this is a lot of that's actually a lot of guys. That's pretty incredible. There's a lot of players playing well now, which it's crazy to say because the the wins aren't there. But I think you and I both agree that things, well, again, are are, are trending in the right direction. So here's our Pro Bowl update from our friend the Fishman. Updated list of Bears in the top ten for Pro Bowl fan voting by position. There's only three players: cornerback Jalen Johnson, ninth. Defensive end, Montez Sweat, seventh. Fullback, Kari, blazing game, blazing game, sixth. He's sixth among fullbacks? Amongst fullbacks. I love that you can vote. Net, a full, 
the fullback. I love it too. Yeah. Um, but that's it. That's it. That's it in the top ten. Wait, you said Jalen Johnson card blasting game and who? Montez Sweat. So Cole Komet's not in the top ten of tight ends. DJ Moore is not either of receivers. What the hell? Get voting. How much does the vote even matter anymore? It's like one third of it, isn't it? Okay. And then there's player vote, and then there's just league coach, says you're coach, the best vote. Yeah, I, I forget how it works, but Pro Bowl just becomes such a. It's too bad. It just, it just doesn't. I don't know. It just doesn't carry much weight. You say that, but players still think it carries a lot of weight. Well, it carries weight in like. I, I mean, I I hope it does still in like contract negotiations, but I just mean in terms of. Maybe maybe how much the fans care about it is what I'm getting at. So maybe there's just an app, you know, no, no, that's a great way to put it. Yeah. Voting. But I would tell those fans it means a lot to those players to be recognized for the improvements and development they've made. Yeah, that's wild. All right. Go vote. Um, it's Chicago early and often. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> come on. And I think in this case you actually can vote early and often. Yeah. <laughs> there, this is it, vote for this just like you vote for your mayor, Chicago. <laughs> yeah. Go go get the dead to vote. <sighs> right. Over and unders. First one's from Matt. Mentions that the Bears could have drafted Watson over Mitch a half. I think you get one. If that, I don't like it. I'm going to say none at all. Mitch isn't here. Deshaun Watson's not playing. See, I'm going to I'm going to say over. I, I don't feel great about it because Watson's not playing, but these still are two of those quarterback starred franchises where you're probably going to get some graphic that ah, this is all right. the starters. Yeah. And then the, when that graphic comes up, they're going to be like, and remember they drafted Mitch over Deshaun Watson. So I feel like it gets mentioned. It's a good one. This is from I'm yelling anyway. Sounds like a lot of Bears fans. Um, over, under, one and a half times they show a highlight package or stat line from Fields' first career start against the Browns. Um, So we put it at one and a half. Yeah, I'm going over. You'll get two types of mentions to it at least. Yeah, because you'll get, you'll get the highlight package. That's good. They'll show that. And then probably at some point later in the game, they'll reference it again. Yeah, maybe like uh, compare and contrasting. Like even yeah, if it's just like this is way better than the last time he was here. So there you go. All right. All right. Some game ones actually. This is some Sean DeLorean. I like that. Over under on Fields sacks, two and a half. I'm going under. I think he's sacked, but not I think the Browns get to him twice. Okay. I'm uh, I'm gonna say three. I think it's just, this is perfect where this number's at. Uh, good job. But just he still holds on to the ball too long. And, and sometimes it's he just sort of runs because he's so mobile, he sort of runs into sacks. And sometimes they look, sometimes those are bad. There was a really bad one like that on Sunday against the Lions. Sometimes they're not. But yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say they get three. All right, from Real Mikey, over under late hits on Justin Fields, one and a half. This is set very low. Um, I'm going over. There'll be at least four or five, four, where you feel like, oh, throw the flag. Yeah, uh, and 
maybe with the spotlight that's been put on a little bit more this week and players speaking up. Our guy Nicholas Moriano has a story up this morning where he talked to more players in the locker room about this. Maybe they maybe one of those refs actually decides to pull that yellow thing out of their pocket. But I feel like we've been down this road. Before. I know, I know. I feel I like know. there's been stories written about this before. I feel like Justin Fields has talked about this before. It's it's and I don't understand why they do nothing. Zero this year. Zero have been called. That's unbelievable. Um, I'm going to take the over because if I'm coaching the team that's playing Justin Fields, I hit them until they tell me I can't. 100%. 100%. And you're not going to call it? Hit them. You know Jim Jim Short dial that up. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. Mm -hmm. Um, This is from Ryan C. Finley. No relation to Pat. Although his brother's name, Ryan. Pat Finley, our good friend. His twin brother's name, Ryan. I don't think this is that Ryan, though. Well, is it? Yeah, I don't Maybe. think it is either. Maybe it is, but if it's not, good job putting the C in there for clarification. Yes. Yes. Separate. Um, over or under on Bears takeaways, one and a half. I'm going over. I think they get two. Yeah, I I uh I'm gonna go over here too. This is gonna be what decides the game, too. Not that that's a you know, some ground breaking take, but they got to win the turnover battle. I'll tell you, I like the trend they're on. I don't like the Yannick Ngakwe's out. Um, you know what? I'm flipping this. I'm going to go to one. I get one. I think they only get one in this game. Interception or fumble recovery? Or is that a bold prediction for later on? I don't know. One of the two. Okay. Yeah, not sure. So, all right. Well, speaking of that, Bold predictions. It is Fox. It is noon. It's Bears at Browns. This line has been dancing around three. We got it at three right now, the dreaded three-point line. Uh, I've seen it at three and a half. I've seen it at two and a half. Um, And it wouldn't surprise me if this thing moves around a little bit around that number, but it's not going to move a lot. So right at three seems to be the sweet spot. We'll start with bold predictions. Johns, what do you got? Jalen Johnson, pick. Six. Okay. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. And as Zach was telling us, the Browns do tend to turn the ball over. I think some pressure gets to Joe Flacco. He throws it earlier than he wants to. And Jalen Johnson finally catches it and then returns it for the score. Okay. Um, Mine's a little bit more random. And I don't really know why I'm going this route. So... It's probably not the best. Trent Edwards touchdown, no? Well, that's not a player on the team. (laughs) So that would be a really bold prediction. I don't know who Trent Edwards is, but whoever he is, I'm sure he'll have a good game this week. (laughs) Are we going Trent Taylor? Uh, Trent Taylor, yeah. Trent Edwards is former quarterback for the Bills. Sorry, Trent Taylor. Um... Great block, though, by the way, in that DJ Moore touchdown run. Yeah, I was going to say um, a different <laughs> receiver that's not on the field a ton. Um, but Tyler Scott gets in the end zone. I don't know why. I just feel like there's going to be some situation where he's left alone. A oh, um, deep ball or a wide open broken coverage. Yeah, yeah. Big game. I mean, think about that shot they tried to take to him in Detroit a few weeks ago, and he didn't catch it. But eventually, they're gonna. They're, eventually, they're gonna dial something like that up again. And 
don't know. Just sort of a gut feeling, bold prediction this week. Okay. Yeah. Tyler Scott, touchdown. Um. All right. As for the game, I think this has been... I struggled with that Vikings game a few weeks ago, but I think to me, this has been the hardest game to pick all season because I can find a lot of reasons why I think the Bears should win, and then I find other reasons why they just won't. Do you want me to go first? I could go first if you want. Yeah, you go first. 23-16 Bears. Wow. Okay. Just going with the whim. Yeah, yeah, no, it, it's, it's, I, I was feeling good about it. And then I heard Zach Jackson talk about it just in terms of the injuries and some of the turnover problems. And I just like the way that Matt Eberflus's defense is playing. Yeah. It's going to be a low scoring game. And if that turnover battle continues to be won by the, the Bears, and I just gave you my bold prediction, you know, Jalen Johnson's going to get one. Like, like you could see it coming. Even if he doesn't get all the way in, like down to the five, something like that. Um, I feel good about it. Yeah. Bears 23-16. I think Justin Fields makes a few plays with his legs. Again, it's a matchup problem for the Browns defense. They're going to roll him out. They're going to run him. All those things. Mobile quarterback on the move, being dangerous. I like this prediction. 23-16 Bears. Yeah, I'm, I'm right there with you in that what Zach said. So I came into the show having written down a prediction and that prediction was that the Browns were going to win the stuff that Zach was saying though really had me thinking differently because he's talking about how they, they like to play a man. Well, Justin does pretty good against man. They're, they're two safeties are missing. The two safeties are missing. Uh, they, that pass rusher they lost is pretty much the equivalent of what the Bears lost in Yannick and Gakwe. And now they, they kind of lose. I don't know if they lose the ability, but just like Demarcus Walker kicks inside, that's what they've been doing with Darius Smith. And now they got to adjust that, just like the Bears do. Um, struggling against mobile quarterbacks. I just I can't get over the fact, Johns, that this team has been so different at home this year. The Cleveland Browns. I'm talking about. Now, the last few weeks have not been that impressive just in terms of overall scores. They gave up 29 to the Broncos. They gave up 36 to the Rams. They gave up 27 last week, even been beating the Jaguars. And I think you heard from Zach talking like this is not the dominant defense it was, you know, earlier this season when they were shutting teams out and giving up three points uh, to the Bengals and three points to the Titans. Um, they've lost one home game all year. And it wasn't a pretty game. It was 28 to 3. They lost to the Ravens. You might say, oh, Lamar Jackson, mobile quarterback. The problem was they had DTR playing in that game. That was not just Sean Watson's start. And they and he turned the ball over three oh, times. It wasn't a Joe Flacco start. But that's where I get back to like, I think this game is going to be similar to what happened in Minnesota a couple weeks ago, which is a game the Bears won. Screen after screen after screen after screen. I don't know if it's going to be that dominant, but if they're going to be if they're going to be coming after Justin, you're going to want to get the ball out quick and try some of that perimeter stuff. And, but I don't think they blitz like the Vikings do. No, they're not. Yeah, so no, they're it's not more like Miles Garrett or double teaming him. Yeah, 
And maybe that's the difference. I just, I don't know. Maybe I'm giving Joe Flacco too much credit, but I just feel like there's a big difference going up against Joe Flacco, who I trust to take care of the ball more than I do uh, Josh Dobbs a few weeks ago when the Bears broke Josh Dobbs. So I I hate doing this, but I'm going to stick with my original gut feeling. I got the Browns 16, the Bears 13, in kind of a, just an old-fashioned Great Lakes slugfest. Is that a thing? It is now. They're like on Lake butter, Erie. Like Great Lakes, the butter? Isn't that a butter company? Oh, they're on Lake Erie. The Bears are on Lake Michigan. So, and I reserve the right to change my pick by kickoff based on injury reports and stuff, but that's where I'm at <laughs> right now. We say that. This no, is what hard. you say here is gold. Well, it's not gold. <laughs> oh, it counts against the record. Thank By the way, our guy who uh, Nick, who um, um, keeps track of our picks, he took last week off because he's on his honeymoon. Oh, really? Congratulations, up, man. man. No, nah, you don't get to take a week. <laughs> nah, no, yeah. oh, I wish him congratulations. Forget you, Adam Hogue. <laughs> no, I already did. I sent him a message. I sent him a nice, your, your excuse. I think I did pretty bad last week, so that's cool. That's awesome. Congratulations. I think it's Nick. I don't know. His his uh, at N Villa. Re, it's like Real, but the one at the end is a one. I don't know. He does a great job. The last we had it updated was I was 32, 26 and two. Uh, you were 30, 28 and two. I'm at 56%. You were 53%. Still above 500. But that was uh, before last week. So. And I know you got that Packer pick right. I should have flipped it. I told you I was going. I wanted to, and then I didn't. Should have. There you go. Nice pick. Packers. The Packers. Green Bay. Aaron Rodgers. Go Bears. There you go. All right. Let's get to these other games. Speaking of that, we got Saturday games. Saturday football. We got a boy. Some of these matchups with the quarterbacks this week are crazy, including tonight. Aiden O'Connell tonight versus uh, Easton Stick. You get that sounds right? Like a, sounds like a baseball bat. <laughs> you think Brandon Staley survives the... Uh, it does sound like a baseball bat. East, an Easton Stick. You think Brandon Staley survives the weekend? No. Oh, survives the weekend? Maybe. Survives the season? No. If they lose tonight. I don't know. They couldn't fire on Monday because it was a short week, but it's not going well there. All right. Anyway, we're going to start Saturday. Uh, we got an NFL Network triple header, and two of the games involve NFC North teams. Starts early. Bears fans, got to root against the Vikings here. Vikings are in Cincinnati. We have a Nick Mullins versus Jake Browning. Vikings. Bengals get excited. The Bengals are three point favorites. <laughs> um, what was uh, that? Uh, Vikings. They're gonna like they're gonna blitz like ninety five percent of their downs on, on Jake Browning and um yeah give me the Vikings and the points. Okay, um, I'm gonna go Bengals. I think the 
the Vikings defense is playing well, but there's something about Jake Browning. These two teams are, I don't know, the Bengals have kind of figured this out. I just think overall the Bengals are just a better team. So I think they take care of business at home against Nick Mullins. We got some things up our sleeve, so. Did we see what was up your sleeve? Or I don't know. What's up yours? <laughs> it's the best moment of the season. <laughs> Saturday night. He has more jokes in his press conferences now. Yeah. What was the one he had yesterday? He's going to blitz every play. I like it. Maybe he will. Maybe he's serious. Look out, Joe. No one analyzes Matt Eberflus better or in a more entertaining way than Mark Harmon. <laughs> every day. He's got names for him. We got the Flusy Flus. <laughs> Just he's 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 living his Flus life. It's it's great. I love it. Um, all right. NFL Network 715. Broncos at Lions. I'm almost surprised by the spread a little bit. The Lions who've been struggling are four point favorites against the Broncos who've been playing really well. So my oldest son is so proud of himself because like five or six weeks ago, he said that the Broncos are a good team. They're going to be in the playoffs. And he's, he was talking like talking shit. Wow. <laughs> and he's right about that for a little bit. Yeah. 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 Pretty- Come on, man. You got four boys. Um, He's right. The Broncos are a good team. Um, I'm taking them in the points in this one. I think the reeling lions, well, they continue to reel in, in this, this matchup, even though they're at home, Russell Wilson will, will cook a little bit. Give me the Broncos. I agree with you. I, the only thing that has me thinking the other way is I'm, I'm a little surprised this spread is as high as it is considering how these two teams have been playing. But, um, the, the Broncos have been in, in, even when they've lost, I'm I mean, like games. Right. I, yeah, I don't think that they've the only loss since losing to Kansas City, which honestly they were in, they were in that game too, was to the Texans a couple weeks ago. Um, and they had the ball in the red zone at the end of the game, and Russell Wilson had to force a throw. I think it was on third down, and he got picked off, and it was a great interception. So, yeah, I. I think the I think the Broncos are just playing better than the Lions right now. So I'll, they, I will. They've won six of seven. Yeah. The Bears fixed them. It's crazy. Mm, no, they had two losses after that game. They yes. did. But, yeah. um, all right. Next on our list. He hates kids. Aaron Rodgers hates kids. I, I kind of need to do that for the Jets now. He's not even on the Packers anymore. But anyway, our Packer game this week is CBS noon. The Bucks go to Green Bay. Probably thanking the schedule makers for that. Tampa Bay going to Green Bay in December. An old NFC Central matchup here. Packers are favored by three and a half. I'll take uh, Packers win. Buccaneers cover. Okay. I'm going to disagree with you. I'm going to say Packers actually cover all the way. Um I think they bounce back a little bit for Monday night. It is a short week for them. I just don't think the Bucks are that good. The NFC, no, the NFC South leading Buccaneers. Yeah, I think the this is tough because the Bears need both these teams to lose games. So I think because you play the Packers, you'd rather have the Packers win because you can still hand them a loss yourself. I'm not sure. Check back later, I guess. 
that one that 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 situation is very confusing right now. Is there a preference either way to having the you know the hot guy coming from your backside or in front of you? Once again, I apologize for that question. Fox Noon Falcons at Panthers this is another tough one because you don't want the Panthers winning games, but you need the Falcons to lose. To get in the playoffs, the Panthers are three-point home well, dogs here. If you had to, like finishing with the first pick is still like so many good things have to happen for the Bears to even like make the playoffs at like nine and eight. But you want to ensure that you finish with the first pick. Yeah, I think the first pick's more important. Yes, Falcons. Because realistically, let's say you make the playoffs. Great, congratulations. You're not winning the Super Bowl. No, I'm making the playoffs would be a good thing, Adam. <laughs> no, I know, but just what's more important? Which what what helps you win the Super Bowl more at some point? Making the playoffs uh, this year or getting the number one overall pick? If that's your scenario, getting the first overall pick, like even if they make the playoffs, but the Panthers still finish the first pick, and you get the first pick, now you can actually take that pick and trade it where you can completely right. Deepen, improve, enhance your roster. Anyway, give me the Falcons in this Fox noon game. Um, all right. I'm gonna go Falcons too. Don't you just feel like the Panthers will will get one more victory somewhere in there to make it a bit more interesting? You know what? And on that notion, I am going to actually pick the Panthers here. Not necessarily win outright. I wish this was three and a half, not three. The Falcons, I, I, I every week, I look, I don't watch these Falcons games. They're almost always up against the Bears, it seems like. But every time I check the score in the fourth quarter, it's like it's a close game, no matter who they're playing. And they've been losing a lot of them. But even when they win, it's close. So I think this is going to be another one of those, especially because it's on the road in Carolina. So I will I will go if I have to pick between these two here and the Panthers getting three points, I'm gonna take the Panthers. All right. How big is the round? Uh I'm not sure how thick it is, but I think it's it's probably kind of thick. Yeah. Fox three twenty five. Good one here. Memories of the early nineties Super Bowls. Cowboys at Bills. Bills two point favorites here. It's a Cowboys team that has won five in a row. So I'm Buffalo. going. I'm, I'm going Bills. The the desperation is is high all around. Coaching staff, players, give me the Bills by not by a lot, but they could cover cover two points, maybe by a field goal. I thought it was impressive how they, given all the noise that was going on last week and. Uh, Tyler Dunn's story. There's a lot of drama. They've had a lot of drama. Firing their OC a few weeks ago. I thought it was impressive how they came together and got that huge win against the Chiefs. Now they go back home. The Cowboys have been very good, but their offense has been way better at home than on the road. So I agree with you. I will take the Bills here. But that's that's a tough one to call. All right. That's going to do it. That's a for show. this preview episode, a lot of fun. Should be a good game. Um, it's an important game. It's we get to cover a meaning, meaningful 
football game in December. Yeah. Well, you could ask well, for it sometimes. And if they win, then then on this post game show on Sunday, I think we can realistically be talking about a chance to run the table because you would think the Bears would then be favored against the Cardinals and the Falcons the following two weeks at home. Probably games they should win at that point. Then it could be an opportunity in week 18 in Green Bay. Which a few weeks ago, we never would have thought that would have been on the table. So um, let's see what happens Sunday. Should be good. A good opportunity, but definitely not an easy game. If you're going to play the Browns in the spot, though, this is probably the week. Compared to all the other weeks the Browns have played at home and played well, this is probably the best time to get this game in. What's the saying? It's not who you're playing, but when you're playing them. Yep. And right now, if you're on the other side of that, you much rather would have played the Bears earlier in the year than right now. Mm-hmm. So we'll see. Maybe you're right about this Bears pick. See if I'm wrong. Going with the Browns. But uh, should be fun either way. We will, uh, Johnsy will be there. Make sure you're following him on Twitter at Adam Johns and reading everything at theathletic.com slash Hogan Johns. You can also find his Kevin Warren piece up there as well. You can follow me at Adam Hogue. Follow the show at, at, at Hogan Johns, excuse me, and then HoganJohns.com. Get those holiday orders in. Tons of merch for you to order winter hats, regular hats, polos, t shirts, hoodies. We got it all for you there. HoganJohns.com. Go check it out. We appreciate it all the love and support if you're watching on youtube please hit the like button uh please hit subscribe if you're not already send this off to a friend spread the word tell them to hit subscribe and if you're listening the old-fashioned way one of our longtime podcasters uh podcast listeners please rate and review the show we really appreciate it we'll talk to you on sunday after the game see ya we got some things up our sleeve so Hey, football fans, this is Diana Rossini from The Athletic. Get the top stories in pro football snapped directly to your inbox with our latest NFL newsletter, Scoop City. Jacob Robinson and I will bring you the daily scoop of top NFL articles, posts, and podcasts every Monday to Friday. Sign up for free now at theathletic.com backslash scoop.